This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Things are heating up in the run-up to the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Tonight, yet another Democratic debate ahead of tomorrow's primary in Nevada. Billionaire Democratic candidate uh, Mike Bloomberg will be taking a spot on that debate stage. He's, as many people have said, bought his way in that billionaire. It's a big story. Speaking of big news stories, there are almost too many to list with regard to how busy President Donald Trump has been. You just heard Bruce Allen referencing uh, tweets falling like waterfalls off of his phone. Uh, To catch us up on all this and more, we welcome Global National Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Proskow to the show. Thanks for joining us, Jackson. Hey, Jody. Could it be any busier? Every day we say this to you (laughs) when we connect, but between uh, President Donald Trump's pardons and the upcoming debate in Nevada. We got a lot to cover off here. Can we start with what exactly happened over the last 24 to 48 hours with uh, the president and his pardons and William Barr, for that matter, and the rumors of him thinking of quitting? Yeah, it's all kind of wild, isn't it? Uh, The president has taken sort of a keen interest in the ways that the wheels of justice turn. I I think at the most basic level, the uh, three people he pardoned, or three of the people he pardoned yesterday had all in one way or another had their cases pled on Fox News. And we know that the president is an avid watcher of cable news, specifically Fox, and it really may come down to something that simple. Uh, I think the one that's getting the most attention, of course, is his pardon of uh, uh, Blagojevich, who was the former governor of Illinois, who was convicted of uh, fraud for trying to sell Barack Obama's former vacant Senate seat and sentenced to 14 years in prison. And you can argue that that was too harsh of a sentence and that Trump is commuting his sentence after eight years. And a lot of legal minds have said, yeah, it was too harsh of a sentence. But they also say, why are you using the power of commutation on that guy when there are perhaps more deserving people out there? Well, you would think for sure, and it's definitely hitting the uh, headlines here in Canada as well. Is there any limit to the number of pardons that a president can hand out in any sort of window of time per term or what have you? There is not. I think uh, the things that are different with Trump is that he's doing it sort of in the middle of his term. Mm. Barack Obama did most of them at the end of his term. And also Trump is sort of pardoning uh, friends in high places, if you will, or people who've been nice to him, generally speaking. Whereas Obama, uh, I think he did almost 1,800 commutations. They were, generally speaking, for people who'd been given mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent drug offenses because Obama was trying to make the point about the need for criminal justice reform in this country. Yeah, these uh, most recent pardons don't really um, have any sort of reformative angle to them, it feels like. It feels more um, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours and sort of transmitting forward to those who will continue to sort of stay on Trump's team. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of Trump's first pardons, not this last round, but years ago, was a filmmaker named Dinesh D'Souza, Mm -hmm. whose claim to fame before, of course, he uh, had his run-in with the law, was making documentaries about the evils of Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. And that's who one of the first people pardoned by the president was. Wow. Okay, so William Barr, uh, allegedly, rumor mill is that he does not like uh, Donald Trump, the president, tweeting about the Department of Justice cases. Uh, Any word from the inside on what's happening there? 
So there are two ways we can look at this. One is that Barr is genuinely displeased with the president and the fact that the president keeps weighing in on judicial cases. The other is Barr could simply be telegraphing to the president, hey, I'm doing what you want. Stay out of it. Let me do it. Otherwise, you're going to make things very awkward for both of us. I think most people lean toward the second scenario. Uh, The question is, does Barr hang in there much longer? All right, let's talk about the debate. Uh, Mike Bloomberg, how much has um, former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg spent on ads in the United States so far? Oh, he's cracked the $400 million mark on all of his campaign spending. Uh, he is giving junior staffers, you know, a brand new iPhone and a decent salary and benefits just to get them on board the team. And then there's the hundreds of millions of dollars in TV commercials. You can't turn on the TV for more than five minutes and not see at least two Bloomberg ads down here. And a crafted ad, Jackson, is one thing. But to stand on a debate stage and, you know, have to flex that other muscle. What, what are the expectations uh, tonight in Nevada with regard to Bloomberg? Uh, making it to the debate stage. I would expect that he will be the most popular target on that stage tonight. It is remarkable when you think about it that he is now polling third nationally as the preferred choice for Democrats without ever appearing on a ballot. And until tonight, he's never appeared on a debate stage. And yet he's running ads that, for example, uh, if you didn't know better, you'd think that Barack Obama was endorsing Mike Bloomberg based on some of the ads that are out there right now, which is simply not the case. So essentially, you've got a guy who's been able to craft an entire story about himself and what he stands for and has not had to face any scrutiny or even a ballot test yet. It's incredible. It is incredible. And that Mike Bloomberg is polling in third uh, and, you know, Joe Biden is basically nowhere to be found. Many expected that Biden would at least be in that, if not third spot, but top three. Yeah, uh, the, the, the one guy who's very happy right now is Bernie Sanders because his numbers have skyrocketed. He's at 36% support amongst Democrats. A double-digit lead has opened up here in the last week. And essentially what's happened is you've got the pro-Bernie and the anti-Bernie wing of the party. And the pro-Bernie wing is made up of one candidate. The anti-Bernie alternative wing is a scrap between five or six right now, and their votes are scattered all over the place. And so this is great news for Bernie Sanders, if you're him, because uh, you can sort of play off of the chaos and confusion. And Mike Bloomberg has been a huge boost in that uh, regard. Wow, it's so interesting uh, to watch the Bernie Sanders sort of movement on Twitter. Anytime somebody says something even remotely negative about that candidate, the pile-on is very swift. It, it, it almost feels like the pendulum swinging to the, the, to the farthest reach of the other end of the spectrum away from Trump. Yeah, it is uh, kind of... Uh, an interesting scenario that Democrats face. On one hand, you could argue that, yeah, Bernie's got a lot of loyal followers, but he's got a lot of people who don't like him as well. So he's kind of a dangerous choice in that regard. On the other hand, uh, maybe it's a case of fighting fire with fire. If you put him up against Trump, here's someone else who's an outsider, grassroots based, very loyal supporters, uh, and is detested by the party establishment, which sounds a lot like where Donald Trump was at this stage in the process back in 2016. Absolutely. One more question about uh, one candidate who will be on that uh, debate stage this evening in Amy Klobuchar and how she... Um, it sort of felt that surge out of New Hampshire and Iowa, for that matter. Um, where is Elizabeth Warren, Amy, sort of within the polling, that the numbers that we're looking at right now? 
Yeah, Warren uh, is still doing better than Klobuchar, generally speaking, although Klobuchar, you're right, had that great performance. Um, you know, I think Klobuchar is going to be sort of tested as one of those moderates in the vein of Joe Biden and Mike Bloomberg and Pete Buttigieg. They're all sort of fighting over the same piece of the pie. Mm. And Elizabeth Warren has now landed herself in kind of a chasm here. She's still seen by those moderate voters as perhaps too extreme, too Bernie Sanders-like. But she's not extreme enough for the Bernie Sanders crowd. So she's sort of uh, kind of nowhere right now, which is, I think, a, a shame because she has mounted a very strong campaign, spoken to tens of thousands of voters. Don't count her out yet, but I think she's going to have to perhaps reinvent where she stands in this race. It'll be very telling in Nevada this evening. Jackson, thanks for this. Thank you. Jackson Proskow, Global National Washington Bureau Chief, one of the busiest man, men on the planet. Holy, can you imagine covering... U.S. politics right now, and even over the last three years or beyond, and it's just going to heat up.